imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty, starving to eat Palms are sweaty, heart starting to beat About to get beheaded cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA by giving us vaccines These elite Satanists are the psychoists They preparing our bodies to accept the microchip Can you imagine walking into a Wells Fargo Not being able to withdraw money because you ain't got a barcode your right hand or your forehead if you don't take the mark of the beast you're gonna fall to the floor dead head cut off bodies squirming our own government acting like nazi germans they want us to live in fear filled with uncertainty one world government under one currency i can categorically say that this is end times this virus is breaking us down just like an enzyme there's pedophiles leaving men and women childrenless these politicians are dummies and the devil's a ventriloquist Stemming from Epstein's Island Gavin Newsom ain't your governor He's a tyrant He took away everything That makes us happy and vibrant And put a mask on us To keep us silent Can you imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty Starving to eat Palms are sweaty Heart starting to beat About to get beheaded Cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA By giving us vaccines These elite Satanists Are the psychoists to accept the microchip. Yo, Josh, thank you for your service. Salute. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father. What's up, Jason? How's it going, brother? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. And uh, first and foremost, welcome. Welcome, everybody. And uh, God bless everybody. Hope everybody's doing good out there. Hope uh, hope Josh is doing good. Hope, uh, hope our guest is doing good. Um, it's a pleasure to meet him. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's go. Yes, let's do this. Um, we have a special guest for you. Uh, he's one of our listeners. He, uh, he actually uh, hit me up on uh, YouTube, and then uh, we, we were kind of emailing back and forth. Uh, how's it going, Gregory? Hey, how you doing? Or Greg. I'll say Greg. I'm sorry. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, I read the bottom right. two, man. Just like my name is Josh. Uh, Joshua is my name, but, you know, I have people call me Josh. So same thing. So, Greg, what's up, bro? How you doing? It's actually kind of a name reveal for me because uh, there's probably a lot of people in the Internet world that would know me as uh, Psalm 40. Yeah, um, I've been listening to you guys for probably like three or four months now. I started at the beginning. I got every show in. I'm all up to date. But um, uh, are you guys familiar with a show called Canary Cry Radio? I am. Okay, yeah they I uh, I, they have like a like a forum website and like a Discord and a community really. So um. I'm just involved with that. So people okay. from there know me as Psalm 40. That's all. Psalm 40. Let's go, baby. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, do you have that memorized Psalm 40 or do you want me to read it off or what? Uh, I got about half of it, but okay. <laughs> I mean, if you don't mind, uh, I can read it. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Let's let's do this. Psalm 40. If we're going to bring you up wanna, the Bible, um, we got to do this. You want to um, pray over our interview first? Of course. Let's do this. Uh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, uh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much uh, for everything you have done for us. 
We appreciate everything you do. Um, I just want to say, you know, right now we're going to be talking about some, you know, some interesting uh, topics. We just want to make sure that we give all glory to you. We don't glorify anything that, uh, you know, we might be talking about, about the occult or anything like that. We just want to glorify you, Lord. We appreciate everything you do for us, God. And, um, you know, like, like we always try to say, you know, keep all the, the demons or the distractions or anything like that away from us, Lord, and let us just concentrate on the focus on the main mission at hand, Lord. Thank you so much. We appreciate you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, baby, let's go. Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha! But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. Amen. Let's go, man. That's Amen. awesome. I love that. All right, cool. Well, let's yeah, do so this, man. So yeah, like uh, I want to see if you could, you know, obviously get into your uh, your testimony, man, and uh, let us know your story like you wanted to do. You wanted to get into that, and, and then we'll go from there, bro, if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, either of you guys jump in anytime you want. So Psalm 40 is basically, uh, it just really resonates with my life story, I feel like. And um, I've always been raised, um, not exactly, I've been raised with a supernatural worldview. Okay, so I've always had that from the beginning. And uh, I've always known that there was, you know, something greater than us. And, um, I was, I would always consider myself agnostic. 
Like I never made a decision on anything. So, you know, in my mind, that's me waiting patiently for the Lord. You know, I knew something was out there, but I just didn't know what it was. So, um, yeah. And then when he finally did pull me up out of the pit, the things that I am have and am still learning about God is just evidence that he's obviously eternal. You could, you know, you should know this. You guys have interviewed so many people. You could study your entire life and, you know, you'll never, you'll never get the whole picture, you know, of God. He's just above everything. But anyway, um, so he's literally born- above everything. The most high. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's in the name. <laughs> um, I was born in Salem, New Jersey. Um, it's like 15 minutes from Philadelphia, right over the Delaware bridge from Philly. And, um, it was like a kind of a the, kind of like Philadelphia, the way Philadelphia is set up. The tall Victorian style houses all squished together, uh, small skinny roads, a lot of alleyways, um, like brick uh, sidewalks, tall tall oak trees, uh, stuff like that. And um, my dad at the time was living with his mother, my grandma, and she owned a duplex. And uh, this duplex, one door went to ground floor of the house. Another door went to a second story house. And uh, me, my father, and my mother, we all lived on the second floor. And my grandparents lived on the ground floor. This house was built in, I don't know, the 1800s, something like that. It was over a 100-year-old house. And um, the man that originally owned it, uh, it was a funeral home. And... The ground floor is where they would do the viewings and uh, the banquets or whatever. The second floor where me and my father lived was the man's residence. That's where the man that owned the place would live. And um, there was a basement in the house also. In the basement, um, he would do his own, um, it was a morgue. He would have a mortician or whatever there to prepare the bodies. As soon as you go down the steps into the basement, right to the left on the wall, that... uh, that that the steps go down the wall there as soon as you get to the bottom of the steps there were um like the drawers where they would put the bodies in and uh i guess when they remodeled the house to sell it as a home um they put cement over those doors and um my grandmother she bought the house and moved in before way before i was born so by the time you know i'm a kid and i'm experiencing the house now um some of that concrete had chipped away. So you could see the doors and all that. Um, yeah. So um, you could see also, the doors. Yeah. The little, they oh were, my empty. Goodness. There, there was no more drawer. I guess you could call it. There's no more drawer in there. It was just the open, um, open yeah, just square, like cavity. Yeah. It's like, wow. Um, oh, right. and another thing, another thing about the basement is they had a little, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like a small prayer room. Uh, hospitals usually have them it's like a closet a prayer closet i guess um and there was a it was in the basement so you know basements have those little windows up near the ceiling there was a stained glass rectangular uh, window there i guess to make it feel like a chapel or something but that was pretty cool too about the house wow. um also in this house in there was an attic a full size like 12 15 foot high attic 
And um, so that's the house that I grew up in as a child. That's crazy. We don't have, we, like out here, we don't have attics. Like oh, houses have them, you know, we, we barely even have basements. Like we just yeah. use oh, like, yeah. a, like a crawl yeah. space so that you can't really put stuff up there. But California is <laughs> different, man. They, they, they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't let you have creepy stuff. That's that's some creepy <laughs> stuff right there, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. So as I was saying, there's like oak trees and really small roadways all over the place. And um, I don't know, like if you ever seen like a picture of Philadelphia, it's it's pretty much like uh, Victoria, it, it, like you said. Yeah, yeah, it pretty much looks the same. Yeah, but um, so one day my mom and dad split when I was three. By the way, so one day while they were we were all still together, I. I had to have been like one and a half or 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 12 months old. I was really young. And my dad had a mountain bike with a child seat on the back. And um he would he would ride me around. The reason I know I was so young is because I brought this story up before and um my dad didn't have this bike for long. So I had to I couldn't have been older than a year. He was riding me on this bike. And I remember looking up in, in the sky and the oak trees were hanging over the road. And I saw people hanging from one of the trees, like two or three people hanging from the trees. And um, that's the first memory that I have. The first thing that I can remember riding through town on this bike and seeing dead people hung from the trees. Wow. And, um, Shortly after that, um, before my parents split, I was three, between three and four, and it was Halloween, and um, I had a, me and my cousin, my dad, and my mom. We went trick-or-treating. We came back to the house. The house, um, yeah, we came back to the house, and... Um, the house was like, there was like three or four from the sidewalk. You would go up like three or four steps and there's a white picket fence. And then um, it's like up on a hill, real tiny hill. And then um, there's like a sidewalk that goes to the house and there's the house. So we were coming up the sidewalk, coming to the, like the gate, three or four steps up to our fence and up in the attic window, there was what looked, something was coming out of the attic window. It looked like a, a cloud or smoke, just a white substance, solid thing. It was coming right out of the, the glass, straight through the glass. And uh, my dad had a Polaroid camera where the picture comes right out. And he took a picture of it, and you could see it right on the picture. It was, uh, I guess, a cloud. I, I don't know how to explain it. It was uh, thick and milky, like a cloud, you know? But it moved and looked kind of like smoke. Like it looked and moved like it was light and thin. You know what I mean? But I don't know, it was just something else. It, there was no features to it. There was, it looked like Casper. There's no facial features. There's no body parts, arms or legs, just a, a mass. And you know about that, um, what's weird is, have you guys heard of uh, the higher side chats? Yep. Okay, well, he had a guy on um, talking about a place in New York. I can't remember what it's called, but this is the only time I've ever heard anybody, you know, describe talk. the same thing. Yeah. Uh, have the same like experience. 
yeah, like a stereotypical ghost. Um, mm. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, so biblically, uh, what do you think that that these are these entities are like? Like now that you're uh, you're saved, what do I think now, or what did I think then? What do you think now? I mean, back then, I mean, I, obviously, uh, before I was saved, I would just be like, "Oh, they're ghosts," you know, and there's spirits walking around, and and that's that's I used to just believe the mainstream secular idea. But what do you believe now that you're you're saved? Um, I think that every disembodied spirit is, um, I guess, it would have to be a, a refaim, right? It would have a to demon. be, yeah, yeah, like a disembodied spirit of the nephilim, basically, right? Right, right, yeah. Okay, so it'd be like a demon. That's that's yeah, what well, you, you were you were reading in Psalm 40, and uh, right off the bat, it talks about the Miri clay, yeah, and Miri clays in Daniel 40, which is which is the or Daniel 3 43, I think it is. I, the Miri clay mixing with yeah, the, mix, the iron, mixing, yeah. So, mere that well, that sort of clay is made from. It's made from dust, and, and and dust is is the idiom of death, you know. So miry clay is is is. I feel like yes, it's uh. I feel like it's a, it's the refaim the the this that's all that's all in the in 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 like Samsonine the the horn. Those are all the, the descendants of that, and it also it says uh something about something encompassing me. I couldn't I couldn't. That's also in Psalm twenty one twelve. Yeah, yeah, evils encompass me. And that's also in Psalms twenty one twelve, where 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 he said where he says the 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 strong bulls of Bashan, they beset around me, they they encompass me. That's like that's not also another thing of like that's that's talking about demons and Bashan is where the Raphaim actually used to used to live. That's where they that's where they're from. So yeah, man, that's a that's crazy. Where you got one one Psalm forty and you could get all that for you can go reference. Twenty other yeah. spots on that. That's pretty cool. Also, in Psalm forty about the miry clay, it says that He lifts me out of it. He takes yeah. me out of the miry clay, and also, not only does He lift me out, but He sets my feet on a rock. And we know who yeah. that is, right? Yeah, yeah, Jesus yes. Christ. Okay, man. Um, and there was so, something else you just said, but I forget. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so oh, back no, then, just... back then, what would you think they were, Gregory? Just, just like ghost spirits? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I don't believe that my grandfather can die. And I can still interact with his spirit. I don't think that's possible. Yeah. The familiar um, spirits is what they are. Right. Demons. Yeah. But see, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard because um I believe that God's angels are made out of the same thing as these Raphaim. Um and I believe that, you know, we can entertain angels unaware. Oh yeah. But you know, they uh they're actually these demons aren't representing no one but themselves so they do what they want god's angels represent god so they carry themselves differently you know what i mean did, did you just have these visions when you were younger do you still have, do you still have them today do you still do you still see things uh, like no man after all right let me pick up again after yeah, i got saved, he'll get yeah. to it because he's, yeah, he's got a whole good story to yeah. go through but go ahead after i, after right, I got saved, <laughs> my wife my life got real boring after i got saved i'll say that um oh, my life got so, boring <laughs> so the halloween thing happened and my dad had a picture of this and uh we kept it in the house so anybody could see it and it was a really good straight up picture of a ghost one of the craziest things i've ever seen and um this house was 
very active. This house, every single day, multiple times a day. You'll see things, you'll hear things, things will disappear, reappear. Uh, nothing, you know, poltergeist, no damage or, or attacking anybody. Nothing like that ever happened. Some creepy looking things, but never violence. But um, so I would bring friends over there just for that purpose. You know, I was a kid, so I would bring friends over and show them all the cool ghosts. And um, so let's see. There was... um. There was one time where my mom was in the basement and uh, she woke up because the, the basement door was open. Like I said earlier, the small basement doors are near the roof, the ceiling. She shut that window and she went back and laid down and she woke up again and it was open. She went and shut it and she turned around to come back to the bed and there was somebody standing, like a, a little girl or a little boy, it was, it was a child standing by the bed and um my mom she doesn't even ride roller coasters she's really uh she plays it safe i don't want to call her scared but uh she after this she um she would never go back in the basement again and she lived in this building you know so um uh, so my parents split up when my parents split um i was only three years old I don't really remember it very well, but I kept a relationship with my dad and um, I saw him on the weekends and all that stuff. <clears throat> and my mom got with this other guy. Uh, his name was John. He became my stepdad and he was really abusive only to me. Uh, I don't even he would never hit my mom. I don't even think they ever really argued, honestly. Um I don't really think about it very much, but it, it, he he hated me. He would beat me up like a man. And I was, you know, like five, five years old, four or five years old when he first came into the picture. And um, I have an eight-year-old son myself right now. And I just can't imagine. I, I cannot imagine punching an eight-year-old boy, you know, like, I don't know, man. I don't know what's wrong with this guy. For sure, bro. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Jason, Jason, yeah. you have you have sons, bro, and uh, no, yeah, I have a dude. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hit a daughter either. I just, no. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, yeah, I don't hit my kids yeah. at all. I, I, I wouldn't know, do that. Just, we were yeah. raised like that. We were raised getting getting smacked around a lot, and I yeah. didn't. I don't. I, it's it's. I mean, it made me who I am today. But it's just, I don't. I think there's different ways and forms you could do with your children by talking to them and kind of treat i treat my son as an adult you know hey man you you want to i'll talk to you as an adult I, i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not gonna keep anything from you he knows he knows everything about me he doesn't he, he um he knows what he, he just because of that reason like i think like if you you level with them and talk to them like a regular person they don't they don't uh they react they react that way any kid does but some of them some kids do need to you know you know a little whop upside the head every now and then but no man, uh, if he, he that guy was probably just taking his his resentment out on, oh, excuse me, out on you because you know, he wasn't he wasn't your real dad, so he did, you know, I it it, it wouldn't it's be tough, the same. Man. Yeah, it is tough. I, I'm sorry I had to go through that. Those yeah, things. it's okay. I appreciate it. No, Later no, I, on, we actually came to find out that he has a brain disease called Huntington's Huntington's disease, 
I don't really know. You've heard of it? I think, yeah, it's like... I I don't know the details of it myself, but all I do know is it's supposedly deteriorating his brain. Yeah, Yeah, so, you know, it is a shame, but whatever. Um, So... That could have been causing him to yeah, not yeah. not not have good cognitive dissonance on what he was doing to you and taking it out on you and, and right you yeah. know hey maybe that was a mental issue and you know so probably easier for you to forgive that you know yeah uh-huh. um so this uh this my mom would never stick up for me either so not that I hold anything against her but um that whole situation over there being split up from my dad. And then having this abusive stepdad put in his place and then nobody helping me with that, it um, it made me desire my dad more, my real father. I grew, like, obsessed with him. And uh, he was into straight-up magic. He was into a lot of occult magic, um, like uh, Crowley, LaVey. Blavatsky, um, all of them. He'd read up on that. And then we at just, the same time... We just did an episode on the OTO, bro. Same stuff that you're talking about right now. Yeah. And at yep. the same time, he was also really fascinated with um, computers and uh, science. So, like, uh, Stephen Hawking was uh, A Brief History of Time. That was one of the first books I ever read when I was, like, seven years old. And it's because of my dad. So um, just like all these kinds of resources that my dad had around, I will go over there on the weekends and I'm obsessed with this guy. And I'm like, how can I be like him? And I see all these books that he has or, you know, herbs or whatever. He's got runes and rocks and, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah, right. So um, he started uh, helping me along, um, initiating me, perhaps. And um, he would teach me how to like meditate and um, how to astral project. He taught me how to astral project by the time I was like nine or 10, somewhere in there. And um, I shared this testimony um really only maybe two or three other times besides this right here and it's really helpful for me and i hope it's helpful for others obviously but it's helpful for me because i i kind of learn something every time i do this um whenever i would do these witchy things i would only do it at my dad's house i i don't know why but like whenever I was at home with the abusive stepdad, mind you, I would never think about, oh, I need to meditate. I need to astral project right now because this guy's going to beat me up, which is kind of now that I'm thinking about it, strange, you know, but I, I don't know. Well, yeah. can I ask you a question yeah. about the astral project thing? Because I've heard, uh, I think I heard uh, John Ramirez talk about it. He's a he's a evangelist and he used to do that, you know. Um, it's Satanist, right? Uh, he was an ex-Satanist, yeah, and he said he used to astral project, like, so is that is that like, and then also I, I talked to another guy, uh, New York Patriot, he was part of the OTO, and he said that uh, 
that's something they would do. Like they would light a candle, put the candle in front of him, and then he would. Uh, I think it was called going across the abyss, and uh, that's what they they would do that and go to like ancient like Egypt and stuff like that. I was like, dang, but uh, do you feel like that's just like your? Do you feel like that's like a dream, or do you feel like your spirit leaves your body? I mean, is it like a DMT trip. I mean, what sounds like a DMT trip almost. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I've never done shrooms or DMT or anything like yeah. that. I can't. the The best thing I've done was uh, what's it called, salvia. I yeah, think that's that's, that's probably about the same as uh, DMT. Is very close. I heard some people say that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if I could really relate it to that, but uh, I do think that something physical is happening. I do think it's yeah. more than just a dream or an imagination. That's what I want to know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where and what? I don't know. <laughs> Very hard to explain, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to ask. And then uh also I was gonna ask, is your dad part of any was your dad part of any secret society, a Freemason, uh anything he like that? Not, he did not become a Freemason until after I was in the army. Okay. So two thousand two thousand five, six, I think. Okay is when he joined the masons okay and and yeah he is still mason today and if high you, level if you don't mind me asking i don't know if we should um, i don't talk up. i don't really talk to him okay no problem um but usually uh, usually what i was going to say usually when you become high, higher level then you start learning more about magic and you start yeah. getting into stuff like we were talking about on our, our round table we're going to release uh the oto and you start getting like he was already into the crawly he seemed like he was already into the mag magical stuff already probably join the Freemasons and, and it's like an open door for them as they go up in rank, you know, and they go up in rituals. Then, then you start getting up in the magic part. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I just was interested in, in what he was part of, because obviously he was uh, uh, dabbling in stuff that, and involving you in, which is, which is not good. You know, that's, that's sad as a, as a child, because you're not able to uh, choose what you're doing, you know? And that's, yeah, that's hard on being, the spirit, you know, being abused physically in one place and being yes. abused spiritually in another. Amen. Exactly. Dude, I was kind of, yeah. that's kind of, you know, we're sorry you went through that, man. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, you live and learn for yes. sure. Uh, I don't. God lifted you out of that miry clay though, man. He yes, sir. I don't understand any of it, you know? Yeah. I'm uh, thankful. I know. Thankful. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, my dad was teaching me all this stuff. Uh, I don't know. He would take me to like Ozfest at like you know thirteen years old. He was he was fun. You know what I mean? He just wanted to have fun with me, which was which was fun. Uh, and um, so one day uh, when I was let's see thirteen or thirteen, I had to be thirteen maybe. Um, I was at my mom's with my stepdad and. He, for some reason, decided that he wanted me to. He wanted to start picking out my clothes. He wanted to choose what I was wearing. Um, so he would give me like, uh, like the white, the white like, dad New Balances. He'd make me wear those. He'd make me wear like, he'd dress me up like a dad, like a weird, like I don't even know how to describe it, but. He just, uh, he was a weirdo, man. And he would make me dress like this. And he would send me to school. And people would want to beat me up be just because I look weird. 
course. And then, so one day, um, I skipped school and, um, they, you know, my parents or my stepdad or my mom, they found out and, uh, he started fighting me. The house that we lived in was kind of like my grandma's house, the duplex, but the bottom floor, the ground floor was a garage. The whole, um, like square footage of the house on the ground level was a whole garage. And as soon as you walk in the front door, there were steps that went up to the actual house. So um, we were at the door at the top of the stairs in our house. And he pushed me through the door. The, do the door came uh, open and I fell down the stairs. Jeez. And uh, yeah. And then he's as soon as he pushed me, he started coming for me also. He wasn't done yet. So I left. And out back of our house, there was a patch of woods, and we had like a little hideout in there, like of uh, branches that we pulled down and made like a little teepee. And um, I ran there to hide out for a minute, and I knew that he wouldn't be able to get me there. So I was just hiding there. And we had uh, we had like pens, scissors, just like random stuff in there. So I grabbed a pair of scissors after hiding out for like, at least 30 minutes probably and I start to come out of the woods and um he was just standing there he was standing there waiting for me the whole time he was mm. standing for a half hour staring at the trees waiting for me to come out wow and they're pushing me down the stairs and so um he started coming for me and I threw the scissors at him and then when I threw the scissors at him it, it didn't hurt him but he stopped and he looked at me and his eyes, I don't know if it was his pupils or what, but his eyes were black. His eyes were like pitch black. And he had like, he didn't look right. Something was different about this time. So he, um, I ran, I took off and he got in his truck and he started to chase me down with his pickup truck, driving on the sidewalk, all the good stuff. He was wow. trying to sneak me out for real. So I made it to a friend's house. I hid out back of her house for the rest of the day. This was the same day that I skipped school. Yeah. So this whole this whole debacle was probably like, I don't know, maybe four, five at this point after hiding in the woods for a half hour, yeah. getting to a friend's house. I stayed there at that friend's house until like one in the morning. And then at one in the morning, I finally went out and knocked on their door. Um, or no, I'm sorry. My my stepdad, everybody was there. It, this was, it was a girl's house. It was a yeah. girl that I was talking to. So they all knew, okay, Greg's missing. We got to go to this girl's house. She'll know where he's at or he'll end up. There. So I left a note on the door and I, because I didn't know if someone was there at the time. I didn't want to be seen by my stepdad. And um, that gave my position away. So he came out back and found me and he still wanted to fight. He has hands up wow. and he's like, all right, let's, we're fighting. And I had to, Man. I fought him. I had to fist fight this guy, which this wasn't the first time either. This was the kind of thing that would happen without exaggerating, probably twice a month. Wow. Once, once or twice a month, at like a straight up boxing match with this man. And, um, and how, yeah. how old were you when he did that? Uh, it started when I was five or six. Yeah. And it went up. And so I left for the army at 17. Wow. And um, 
And your mom stayed with him that whole time. And yeah. Wow. Bro. Yep. Mm. Today, um, me and my mom have repaired our relationship. Yeah. And my father haven't tried to repair yeah. our relationship. I don't talk to my dad, but my mom, I talk to her. We're, we're great. We're very okay. good. I got, yeah. her, I got going to church and all that good stuff. Awesome. But, um, yeah, she says, that, I don't know if she was scared or if she just didn't know what to do. Um, I don't know. But um, after this fight happened with him, I went to go live with my dad permanently. And I was like, thir I was in sixth grade. So like 13 or something like that. Um, I don't know. And anyway, so I went to live with my dad uh, for the summer. And um, that's when things really started kicking off. That's when I started really taking spirituality serious in a bad way, in a, a Aleister Crowley way. And um, I uh, started ex experimenting with different kinds of like sigil magic. And when I started seeing results, I was, I was not only raised with like the, the occult thing with my dad, but like I said, he was really big into science and cosmology and uh, astronomy mm. and physics and all this stuff. Um, you know, just like magic, magic is what the world is made of, what the material world is made of and how to manipulate it. And that is also what these sciences are, what mm -hmm. material world's made out of. And like my alchemy. dad, knew, exactly. My dad knew this and he used it that way. And he mm -hmm. taught me to, and, um, he influenced me too, rather. And so, um, um, I, when I started dabbling in magic because of my scientific, uh, my, my scientific method mind, I see results from these things and that's all I need. That's the evidence. This is real and it works and there's nothing wrong with it. And that's, that's where I was at at the time. Wow. And, um, um, I started doing drugs at this time. I stopped going to school. Um, I just, I just totally let go. I stopped caring about everything. Complete chaos. And I was living, you know, like YOLO, basically. You only live, yeah. And your dad was, yeah. uh, your dad was more like a friend to you than a dad, probably. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. allowing you to do all this stuff. And right. Yeah. That's how our dad was kind of like that too. Not the magic stuff, but that's what happened to me and Jason too, bro. We, we, uh, we were able to, you know, instead of uh, it being a, parental home it was more of a bachelor pad do whatever you want but go ahead greg we, we're kind of dealt with the same thing that you're, you're talking about okay well um after um my dad like fully built me up into the world of occult that summer while i was with him i came back um i came back to live with my mom and i guess a couple of years had to have passed because it was after my freshman year, I stopped is when I stopped going to school. And uh, yeah, and my salt, my entire sophomore year, I didn't go to school at all. And then it was when I was 17. I, um, after years of just partying all the time and just literally doing absolutely nothing with myself. As a 17-year-old, I realized um, 
I had, you know, I had a job at a gas station, but it was useless. Yeah. I decided that I had to do something. I, I need to go back to school or do something. And um, a friend of mine suggested we join the army. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And we what tried year, to do What year did you join? 2005. Okay, so Iraq uh, was going was going off at that time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, in two thousand one, I was in. Uh, you know what? Actually, two thousand one was the same year that the whole um, fight thing happened with my stepdad. It had to have been. It was that summer, which would have been right before the towers, is when I was with my dad. Yeah. Okay. So when the towers came down is when I just moved back with my mom. And uh I yeah, I remember that day. I was in, I was in class when that happened. But anyway, um You went active um, duty 2005? Yeah. Yep, active duty, uh 63 Bravo, late wheel vehicle mechanic. Okay. Um I went to basic in uh Jackson, Action Jackson. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> I, I went to Fort Jackson well. too, bro. <laughs> yeah. I uh I um it was pretty funny. Oh, hold on, let me start at the beginning of the army thing. Me okay. and my buddy signed up together. We we're going to do the buddy program. Yep. I got screwed off from the rip. Um, I never saw him again. We didn't do no buddy programs together. <laughs> we um, they told us he wanted to be a, a cab scout, and I wanted to be a mechanic. So they told us, all right, well, you guys got to go to basic at different places, and then after that, you guys will get stationed together, at the same duty station. And I was like, all right, fine, that's cool. And um yeah, none of that happened. But I went to um <laughs> that's how they to, that's yeah man. that's how they are, bro. Yeah, they just and they took me to the same thing with me, man. I went to Meps and they're like, Oh, we're gonna make you a ninety two whiskey, and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, we have his uh driver, you know. I'm like, uh, did you hear my did you hear my marine story earlier? No, no. All right, all right. I'll share that with you another time. But anyway, right. um, <laughs> I told your brother they yeah, the military, the government, period. They they just you know screwed me from the beginning. And it just never stopped. Yep. And um, so uh, I went to basic in Jackson. And then I went to, I was going to do my um, AIT in Jackson. But I got selected for uh, some kind of uh, an, an identifier, like a, a specialty within my job group. You know, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. So because of that, that made me go to Aberdeen, Maryland. I had to go to um, Edgewood Proving Grounds. And um, I went there to do my schooling on the mechanic part. And then I went to um, Kentucky. I did air assault in Kentucky. And then after that, I went to Alaska. And then uh, I was stationed in Alaska. That was my duty station, Fort, wow. Fort Wayne. And yeah, man, Alaska was beautiful. I loved it there. It was so beautiful, I even in the you. winter. Yeah. yeah, and the winters are not as bad as you would think. Um, it's dry. You know, it's dry. It's not windy. It's just that when it does snow, that two times a year, it doesn't melt, so it stays yeah. there. You know what I mean? But um, it doesn't rain very much. Doesn't snow very much. It's not windy. It's nice. It's really nice. But um, so when when i got to the when i got to alaska um before i went i was still in ait 
and I was finishing up my school and um, they, they were telling everybody where their duty stations were going to be. And, oh, I'm sorry, rather they told everybody what their units were going to be. They told me I was going to be with 25th Infantry. And were, were you still were you still practicing magic and stuff while you were in the military? Or, uh, or... Yes, I was. Yeah, I was. I was still meditating and stuff like that. I still uh, held the occult world in a good light. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this stuff is okay. That was my worldview. Um, Since you went air assault, they put you in an infantry unit. Yes, twenty fifth infantry. Okay. I went to twenty fifth infantry, and um, they were currently at Schofield Barracks. Why? I'm like, oh, yes, finally I get a break. I'm going to Hawaii, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> you're going to Alaska. <laughs> Man, they, they kept getting me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it was all right. Like I said, I did love it. So anyway, um, I wasn't there for long until we before we got deployed. And um, when we got deployed, uh. We got, I landed in, in uh, Baghdad and then we went to uh, Fallujah is where our camp was at. And um, I remember seeing uh, Hemet's like trucks, military trucks with drugs, with drugs on them. And I would ask people what it was, like, well, what, what are we doing? And nobody would ever have any answers for me. And nobody really, because uh, we weren't allowed to have alcohol. We weren't, like, it was strict. It was a lot yep. stricter than I was expecting it to be. You know what I mean? Yep. And um, there was just us, No of... alcohol at all when I was out there, too. Nothing. Yeah, There's no alcohol was... in Kuwait, period, anyways. Oh, in the country. I didn't know that. There's no no alcohol in Kuwait whatsoever. And you can find it on the black market, but, I mean, it's you, you get some time you know, to do that. There's parts of Alaska, the... um. The Alaskan, like they have tribes up there still, and they're like that. They're dry, no alcohol. Yep. But um, I just saw a lot of shady things while I was over there, and I don't know if it was just God decided that was my time to start seeing things differently, or what. Um, but the 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 really strange part that stuck out to me, and it still does today, it's not the shady things that other people are doing. It's the fact that they're doing it openly and nobody else notices. Yeah. That's that's the part that I think is really interesting. And that's what happened while I was over there. And um while I was over there, um, something happened with my pay. My pay got messed up and the whole uh eight months that I was over there, I didn't get paid a single penny. I didn't get no money. What the heck? While I was there, they told me you're gonna have to wait until we get back. We're not we can't do anything from here. If we did, it's gonna take months for the information to get to them and then to get back to us and then to get back to them. By the time we finish it, you'll be back there anyway. So you might as well just wait and then handle it when you get home. So I say, okay, yes, sir. So I come back and it was uh Let's see. Did you live on the base when you were at yes. uh, in Alaska yeah. or off the base? Yes. I lived on base. Okay. So you're getting paid. No, you weren't getting any uh, off base pay or any marriage pay, or anything like that. No. Okay. Uh, I um I got back and it was 
I got a October. Yeah, it had to be October when we came home. Yeah. The following August was going to be my ETS date. Like I was going to get out of the in 10 months. So I came back to Alaska from Iraq. I've got 10 months and I'm done. Um, and we started doing the, uh, the finance thing, trying to figure out what's on the finance thing. And they were just giving me the runaround. There was just no answers. Nobody was fixing it. And still weeks are going by. Still this back pay is adding up. And um, so I was like 19. I think it was 19, man. It might've been 20. I said, screw it. I'm leaving. I'm going to get in a job. And it, I went AWOL. I just left oh, and, wow. and lived off post and just started being a civilian. In Alaska? And, yep, in Alaska. Wow. Yeah. AWOL and, in Alaska is crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. They didn't like that. I had an apart. I was living with, um, I had a girlfriend at the time that she worked for a hotel. And the hotel had like little bungalow homes. And they gave her one. So she had her own like uh, like three room cabin. And uh, we were staying there. And I was AWOL for like four months. It was only a few months that I was gone. And um, they kicked my door in. I don't know how they found me, but they kicked my door in in the middle of the night. Like, wow. like, yeah, like uh, it's crazy. And um, they took me to post and all that. And then I got my court martial. I went to, you know, you go, to, it's like any other crime. It's like regular crime, basically. You go to court and, um, you know, you please your case. And I told them and they said, all right, well, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go to the civilian county jail for six months. And when that time is up, your contract will be up. So are you going to re-up with the military? Or are you going to ETS at that time? And um, I remember it was a female. Uh, she had to be like a, I don't know, lieutenant colonel or something. She was higher than a captain. I don't know. Probably but a major. Anyway, What's one up from yeah, a captain? It's probably a major. A major would probably be handling that. I would she, um, she, um, she used a specific word. She said, you're coming to a crossroads and you're going to have to choose if you're going to take the left-hand path or the right-hand path. And huh. yeah, man, she's, I, you know, I had my own uh, library of knowledge, you know what I mean? And um, when she said that, after seeing all the things, all the shady things that I was seeing my military do, um, I don't know, it triggered something in me and I just felt like I shouldn't be there. And um like, like I felt really uncomfortable, like in a bad way. And like, like it was like evil, like I was doing yeah. something bad, you know what I'm saying? And I felt like yeah. I shouldn't be supporting this. And um, I said, no, nah, I, I just, uh, I just want to get out. And I asked about all that back pay. I said, well, for, you know, first of all, what about this like $30,000 of back pay? And um, 
they were like, yeah, that we'll handle that immediately. But she wanted me to tell, she wanted me to answer specifically, I'm going to take the left-hand path or I'm going to take the right-hand path. She wanted me to say those words. Like she mm. kept asking me that. She wanted me to say those words. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, I went to uh, jail for six months there. And when I got out of the county jail, um, I was considered honorably discharged. Awesome. Um, and I had all my uh, back pay. And um, and I was it. I was a civilian. And um, I stayed up there for a little bit. And um, just being by myself, depression started to sink in. And just like without a sense of um, direction, you know, had nothing to do with myself. And all these experiences that I had just had with the military. And uh, it was just a really heavy time in my life. It had to and, be, yeah. And did you, yeah. Did, did you, when you got out, did you like, did they release you in Alaska or did they take you back to where you're? you're no, nah, they, they, actually, they asked me if I was, I told them I was going to go home knowing oh. that I was not. And they asked, I told them I was going to drive and they gave me, a, um, they gave me like a, they gave me money. They gave, oh. I don't know what you would call it. They give you uh, funds. They like do the calculations. And since I told him I was going to drive from Alaska to New Jersey, I got like $4,000 or something like that. Yeah. So, um, no, I just stayed there. I got a job as a, as a, a truck mechanic, like a Mack truck mechanic. And um, I was just by myself, man. And the winters there, Alaska is beautiful. And, you know, of course, if you've got God in your heart, you'll be good. But it, when it gets dark there in the winter, it's, it stays dark, you know, yeah. like the, the deeper into winter that you get, the, the sun will come up this much and then it'll come up this much. And then it'll just come up a little bit and it just gets less and less and less as you get into the Dang, closer to the solstice. Yeah. So, um, my depression started to sink in. I started doing drugs again mm. and I just, uh, I had a problem with burglarizing. I had a burglarizing problem. And um, I I blew all that back pay I had, and I was stuck with nothing again. And um, so I came back home. And when I came back home, my mom had left the abusive stepdad, and now she was having her own midlife crisis. Uh -huh. And so she's partying all the time. And and now I'm coming home to this being in the state of mind that I'm in. So I'm just enabling her and she's enabling me. And um, so I started, uh, I, had a, I had a child. With, it was a one night stand with a girl. She ended up getting pregnant. And um, when she told me that it was my kid, there was no questions. I immediately dropped everything and told her we're a family now. <laughs> I didn't even know this girl, but I, yeah. I said, I'm going to rate, you know, I was, I was 21, I think by this time. And, um, you know, I, I was going to raise my son, no questions. And, uh, I guess I didn't, I didn't think it through at all. Uh, this, this woman had her own drug problem, her whole family, her, her mom and her dad and her sister, they all had a pretty bad, uh, heroin problem. Oh, and um eventually i got sucked into that i started wow. doing it. yeah yeah wow. and um all this just took me down a path of just drugs 
in jail. And I kept get, getting uh, locked up in jail. And every time I would go to jail, I still had this supernatural spiritual worldview, you know, in the back of my head. And um, I wasn't practicing anything. You know, I just, after I got out of the army, everything happened so fast between like the depression and then straight to the drugs and the crime. It's like every single day was a blur. Like every day was just a blur. And um, the time went by pretty fast. It's like I just didn't have time. I didn't think about it. It wasn't on my mind. Drugs was all that was on my mind, actually. Of course, especially heroin, yeah. man. I guess you look, it just every day you're, you're, the days probably went faster, you know? Yeah, for sure. I would sleep an entire day, you know, be knocked out. Um, so every time I would go to jail, um, I would sign up for all the, uh, Bible studies and all the church services, even the, even the Islamic ones, um, synagogue, Jews, I went to everything, everything, like anything that would, you know, get me out of the cell, I would go. And, um, I did start reading the Bible a lot more. The Bible was always my favorite thing to read in jail, even though the Quran was available. And, uh, you know, whatever else, it was my favorite book to read. I, even still today, I love that book. And that book itself is a huge staple in my faith. My whole life, even when I was agnostic to when I was a straight up uh, occultist and, and even today still, that book is endless, in my opinion. Yeah. You, you can, the way it's woven together and all the different connections and is endless. I believe it's literally infinite. I think that honestly, yeah. not just crazy huge, but eternal, you know, I, I believe it is the word of God, you know, but anyway, um, so uh, one day, um, one of the Bible study groups that I go to, they, um, they go to everybody that goes to their Bible study. They have a list of all their names. So they'll pick somebody and they'll come see them, just chat with them for 15 minutes, whatever, pray with them. And my name came up and they came to see me. So I went out into a small room with them to pray with them. And this was the time that I had just uh, started reading Psalm 40. When I just discovered Psalm 40 and I was letting them know how, like, how it touched me. Like I really liked it. And um, and I told him my the reason that I was in jail, um, the the drug addicted family that I had had a child with, uh, they ended up putting a restraining order on me because um, they just put a restraining order on me. And the way in my state, the way it works is that if they call the police and say that I violated the restraining order in any way. The police will find me and take me to jail, and that's it. All they have to do is is call, whether I'm violating or not. All they got to do is call, and I'm going to jail. And every consecutive time, the jail time goes up and up and up. So at this point, um, I was on like a f like four months, like a hundred something days I had to do. And I at this point, when the Bible study group came in to pray with me. Um, I had only been in jail for a few weeks, a month max. And, um, you know, I told him that the whole thing was bogus. And that I really, you know, I, I may be a criminal, but I don't deserve to be here right now. You know, I didn't break the law this time. 
and uh you know i let them know and what had happened was i, I kind of mentioned it that there's a scientific side a logical side to my brain and then like the supernatural spiritual uh side the um i explained to this bible study group that it's becoming obvious to me that god of that that the god of the bible that yahweh is the creator you know he has just from my studying of 20 uh, 20 years by this point it, it's adding up i'm starting to believe is what i'm saying i'm starting to believe with my head not with my heart I didn't believe in my heart yet, but I'm starting to see that it makes sense that I can't really argue. And um, so, okay, they, they gave me a little prayer and I said my prayer of salvation. I said that I believed that, um, you know, Christ was raised from the dead, but I didn't. I believed that God was the creator of the world, but I wasn't fully um i wasn't on the christ train yet i didn't really fully understand i didn't know christ yet i knew god or so i thought you know but i didn't know christ yet so um i said that prayer of salvation but still after our meeting i went in back to my cell and the guard calls me and said i was being released and this was a miracle i was supposed to be there for four months i've only been there for one month and now i'm getting released so i didn't ask any questions i rolled up and rolled out and um, my mom picked me up from jail that time. And I told her, I remember I told her, I made a new friend while I was in jail. And she was like, oh, man, this doesn't sound good, right? Huh. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, she, wasn't, she wasn't anything like my dad, you know, spiritually. But she wasn't a Christian either. She just wasn't concerned with it, you know. She wasn't an atheist, but it just wasn't something she ever talked about or ever thought about. Yeah. So, you know, I told her, yeah, Jesus. Um, and, and she also knew all about me and, and what I did and was into. And I let her know, like, yeah, Jesus literally just released me from jail. And um, after that, um, I was homeless. I had nowhere else to live. I got released from jail, literally out onto the street. And it's so hard to try to do anything with yourself with absolutely nothing coming from the street with nothing but this clothes on your back um i would try to get a job but after i'm done work i would like go to a um like the marriott like a big yeah. fancy hotel and i would go to their uh, conference rooms and they would have like tables with a giant tablecloth i would sleep under them tables wow. like yeah or, or abandoned buildings or whatever i would try but and then you go just, back then you go to work and no yeah, shower. It yeah, it wasn't worth it. I would end up yeah. getting hot or robbing somebody wow. and going back to jail again. Wow. And um, I just couldn't do it. And uh, there was a, a girl that um, I had known my entire life, on and off my entire life. We had talked since, literally since I was like 10 years old. And um, she called me and I hadn't talked to her in like a couple of, I don't know, maybe 10 years. It's been a long time. And she called me randomly and uh, I wasn't on social media. I'm still not on social media. I don't, I don't do Facebook or Instagram. I do have a Twitter, but 
but that's literally it. I, I don't even use that. But um, I don't know how she found me, but she found me and she called me. And I think that this was another miracle. And um, we started talking and she I was on house arrest at this time, too. And she agreed to help me because I told her I'm, I'm living in an abandoned building. It was a, because I was on house arrest. I had to give him a legit address. A friend of mine had just literally just moved out of this house like that lined up perfectly, too. He moved out of this house. It's an empty house. I get put on house arrest. And my now wife uh, contacted me also. All this stuff happened at the same time. Wow. So, um, and you she, married her too. That's amazing. Wow. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> and, uh, and she's always been there, you know, like my whole life. We've known each other our whole lives. And, um, yeah, and we end up together. So, uh, that was so helpful. Having uh, not only support, yes, but not only support, but a purpose, someone for me to support as well, you know. Um, and it gave the fact that I didn't have to stress so much about where am I going to shower? What am I going to eat? Uh, how am I going to get there? Um, you know, what am I going to wear? Instead of worrying about these things, I was able to focus. It's not, it, it sounds like a terrible excuse, but it gave me a lot more time to study the Bible. And, um, a lot of things in my life started to slow down and I started learning about uh, new people all at the same time. It was like a rush all at the same time. Uh, different things started coming to me and um, an old, that, that army friend of mine that we joined the buddy program together, uh, he randomly hit me up um, after like I'm, I got back, I got on my feet. I started doing good. I stopped doing drugs completely. I got with this woman, my wife. Um, I had, I got a really good job. I got blessed with a ridiculously good job, which again is another miracle. Yeah, and, that was um, great. Yeah, man, it was crazy. All it, and all at once, back to back to back to back, and that logical, you know, scientific part of me couldn't deny it. That you know, this is the is the hand of God for sure. Yeah. There's no yeah. way, you know. Yeah. Um. So there was um, that, that army buddy of mine, he, um, he hit me up and he said, have you ever heard of the flat earth theory? <laughs> this was like 2014, 2015. So it was, it was early. That's when it was going, that's when it was blasting off though. Right. Yeah. And um, I hadn't heard about it and he sent me, he's not a, um, he's not a Christian. Well, I don't talk to him anymore. At the time, he was not a Christian. Yeah. So he sent me. He sent me Eric Dubay. Okay. And um, almost immediately, I found uh, the, a dude named Will from um, his YouTube channel is The Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. You heard of yep. that one? Yep. That dude was huge in my walk. That dude really helped me out a lot, especially how he tied the occult roots of science with current mainstream deceptions that whole connection yeah locked locked a lot in for me and um yeah man that was about it once i started just seeing it with my own eyes not only 
you know, um, the, the science, the, the cosmology, but the works of God in my life, seeing all these things with my own eyes, drew, drastically changed my life. He set yeah. my feet upon a rock and he made yeah. my steps secure. Amen. And, yeah, man. And, um, yeah. I think awesome well bro so so shout out to stranger than fiction man for for that and uh you know connecting you with that and and also when you start learning about flat earth and you start um uh tying it to the bible and and all that it also opens up your spiritual walk in a different way too man you know god's a lot closer and uh a lot of stuff it opens up a lot of people bro to the bible so did, did when you learned about the flat earth did, did you did you did you listen to any of the like the biblical flat earth stuff or anything like that did it did it bring you closer to god in any way that way um i would say that you know i, I hear a lot of people you guys included talking about how it does it brings god closer physically like, yeah as in that way out in space i think it brings god closer also in the way that he's uh you know how in the gospel, there's a part where Jesus had to open their minds so that they would understand the scriptures. That's what I think is happening here. God's getting intimate with me and he's getting closer and opening my mind so that I will understand the scriptures. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, I do. It's more, you get more intimate when you read like the, the book of Genesis or you, you understand what he's, I, I believe I understand more of what is being spoken there when you, once you find out what the true cosmology is, you know, and yeah. uh, I do believe it. You are more intimate, uh, more intimate with the creation, you know, of, of what God did and, uh, you know, the glory that, that he should receive for that. You know, one of my favorite scholars, he says that uh, his goal is that, um, you know, the Bible in its original context, according to uh, the readers yes of, of its time you know what i'm saying they come from a different world than yeah. we do yeah so that is very important you can't you know you can't understand something if you don't know their slang if yeah. you don't know you know their worldview i agree 100 percent. awesome man so now you're at the point is your wife a christian now yes sir awesome. we, go to, we go to church together um i got i got my mom going to church um, awesome i've been i've been on this walk uh like diehard jesus um it's been like 10 years like awesome bro 2014 2013 yeah that's awesome bro yeah so that's that's so everything ended up working out came to god got your mom going to you know to church uh you what what what's going on with your dad at this moment man is he he's a freemason and just Hasn't been talking to you. Does he? Does he? Is he happy that you're? You're obviously on your feet, and you're you're a Christian now. Is he anything like that? Or well, um, when I was a kid, before he became a Mason, you know, obviously he knew he knew all the groups. He knew what they were. Yep. Um. So, and he knew that I was on board with all that stuff. So, um, when I was in the army, it was after basic training. He came to see me, and he told me that he had finally joined. And not only did he join the uh, Masonic Lodge, he got his pilot's license, he was telling me about, which he, he was he was a huge uh, flight simulator. Remember that yeah. game? Yeah. Huge flight sim nerd. He loved that. He's got, he's even got the um, 
NASA simulator, the shuttle simulator <laughs> thing. Yeah. Them games are crazy. You got to push like 80 different toggles and switches before you can take off. And he knows them all. Wow. But um, yeah, he he just joined the, the lodge um, after basic training. And we were still in talking terms. We were good. After I was done in the army in Alaska, it was, um, I was broke. I was, I was a terrible, I was a terrible person at the time. I was getting high and, yeah. and I was robbing people. And um, I didn't have any money. And mind you, I had just gotten on that back pay from the military and I was all gone. Yeah. And so I, I called my dad and I asked him, I had a job, but I didn't have any money on me. So I was expecting a paycheck. So I told him, hey, buy my ticket. Let me come home. I'll pay you back. So that's what happened. And um, yeah, I don't know. The more um, the more I started getting involved in like crime, he just, my mom too, both of them, my mom and my dad, they just didn't um, help or yeah. stop me. You know, just tough nothing. Love, tough love type deal where they just yeah. allowed you to just yeah. go and do your thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's hard, what man. happened and my my mom, uh, she remarried. She has a great husband now. Awesome. Um, so she, she's yeah, she's got a good man with her, and um, she um she started talking to me more and more, while my dad started talking to me less and less after I got clean. I'm yeah. saying um, they both cut me off when I was messing up, but once I got my stuff together. I started talking to my mom and um, she, she let me know that she knew that I, I believed in Jesus. She knew I was a Christian. So therefore, because of that, that's why she told me that she's been going to church. Awesome. And, um, you influenced her and God used you as a vessel to, to get her to I, go to church and stuff. That's awesome, man. I love to think so, you know, but all <laughs> glory to God, you know this. Well, bro, no, think about this, bro. Part. Think about it. She saw, she basically saw where you were at your rock bottom, like living in abandoned houses, went to, you know, went to jail, told her, you know, you, you met God. And all of a sudden she saw how you, your life got built up from there. And you know, with everything that happened to you, I mean, God uses uh, uh evil for good, bro. And obviously she, he used, he used yeah. evil for good with you. And, and, and your mom saw that and she was probably amazed by it. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure my mom uh probably feels the same way too. When, when, when she saw how, me and my brother were, I was in a, you know, pretty bad position, uh, at some time and, and all that stuff. And I'm sure that helped my mom get closer to God too. Uh, Jason, what do you think, bro? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I, I totally agree, bro. Totally yeah. There's, there's, there's power in the testimony. I, that's what I, it's, it's in, I don't, I can't remember the exact words off the top of my head, but it's in revelation that I want to, I want to say it, it says that, that Satan will be defeated by it. But that doesn't sound right. But but we will overcome by the blood yeah. of Christ and by the power of our testimony. There we go. You know, yeah, man. God holds us and shapes us, and 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 just like Paul says, man, it's it's not a uh, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? It's a yeah. uh, and it, it depends on how you finish, you know. So uh, just thank God that you didn't die in uh, you know Iraq or die somewhere where you where you ain't where you, where you weren't able to make it to this point so god obviously used you used your life and your testimony and guys and everybody that's listening you know this type of stuff uh helps uh uh psalms 40 or greg uh it helps him out you know and for everybody that's listening we appreciate you guys listening to his testimony 
And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And this is the type of stuff that that uh, people need to see. You know, uh, it should help you. You know, if if some people might not be on drugs or not be at rock bottom, but but maybe you're depressed or maybe you're being oppressed by demons, and and understand that uh, there's a that that God has you. You know, He's got your back, and and um, He's gonna pull you out of that 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 rut. But you got to make the steps by start reading the Bible and getting into your Word, and sh- and and you know you got to start believing. And having faith and start finding out about Ephesians and, and all that stuff, you know, and, and, uh, and knowing what you got to do. But I just, yeah, I appreciate you coming on and telling us your testimony and to wrap it up. So your dad is, you're not really speaking to your dad. I just hope, and, and I'm going to pray, man, you know, before we end this podcast that he sees uh, the light, bro, you know, and that, and that he, that he, he actually breaks the chains of that Freemason stuff and, and everything, man. And it, it seems like uh, he's, he's, it seems like your dad is pretty, pretty into that. And I, and I, and I hope you guys end up talking and he could see, you know, before he passes, you know, and that he, he comes to the light as well, you know? I appreciate yeah. that. I want to say sure. also that it says in Psalm 40 that, uh, um, oh man, I just got rid of it, but I will, I will, <laughs> I will proclaim your glories. You know, yeah. I'll proclaim, uh, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I've spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation, you know, just as we are right now. Yes. I've not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness, you know? So, yeah, I just love that, that song, but I absolutely appreciate your prayers. I appreciate everything you guys do. You know, um, this, like I said at the beginning, um, like I am involved in other uh, communities like this. And, you know, so like I've been around the block and, um, what you guys are doing is huge. If I had the time to do this, I would absolutely be doing this. But I'm literally at work right now. <laughs> I had to tell my boss, it's all good. I, oh. I'm I'm a supervisor. But I was like, <laughs> I got I got an interview to do and I'm gonna be out for a couple hours. Because, oh geez. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Man. We appreciate you taking your time away, man. Yes, and, sir. Um, I appreciate you having and I appreciate <laughs> like I said, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing and you know. We need to spread the light for sure. Yes, I appreciate it. And also we appreciate you listening to every show, man. And, uh, you know, honestly, it's uh, such a blessing. And, and we appreciate God even allowing us to be vessels to even do what we're doing, you know, and and also bringing guests like yourself on. And, and uh, you know, we appreciate that definitely, you know, and, and thank you for listening to our episodes. That really makes us happy. And, you know, like I said, we're just trying to be vessels and, and uh, do our thing. We'll wake up at 5 a.m., last to show out or, or we stay up till nine and, and just whatever we could do. Me and Jason both have kids and it's not always the easiest to line up schedule wise, but um, oh, no, it's not. Yeah. And, and I have other shows I do too, man. I hop on other podcasts. So I do like three shows a weekend besides this. And, and um, you know, God is just, uh, I, it's a blessing that God allows us to do that. And, and like I said, man, I appreciate you coming on, giving us your testimony. Um, but what we need to focus on is, uh, is we need to focus on, uh, you know, your, your dad, you know, that's what I think, man. If your mom's already going to church and she's, she's, she's already saved. Uh, we just want to, I want to focus my prayer on your dad, bro. So, uh, like we always do, man, we're going to end it in prayer. Uh, any last words, Jason? No, man. Uh, but good job. Greg. Thank, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your testimony. I know it's hard and it's, it's hard to, uh, to, to, to talk about stuff like that and to, and especially for men these days to do that. So yeah, good, to you, man. good job. 
Milit- prior military, thank you for your service, bro. All that stuff, bro. You know, thank you for your service. I know that you you, you explained that they did do so- – dude, it's weird in the military. Like, honestly, like he said, when you have a financial issue, if they owe you money, it'll take them nine months to a year to pay you. But if you, if you owe them money, you better pay them right away. Even if you – you can have so much gear, you know, just for example, you know, they give you like, you know, 500 items, and if you were missing uh, – Three of them, they're gonna hit you for that money right there. You know, give it to me right now. So yeah, I, I understand, I, bro. I didn't even mention all that when I was when I was doing my out processing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like, me dude, too, bro. I couldn't even believe it, dude. It's like, dude, it's it's crazy. They want you to. They'll give you all this. They'll give you deployment uniform and all that, all the stuff that you need for deployment. They give you everything you need, and and throughout that whole time, they have you out on the field, bro, like camping and. Dude, you, you yeah. lose a few items here and there, and all of a sudden at the very end, bro, they charge you full price for it. So it's crazy, bro. But I understand. But we'll we'll <laughs> that'll be another uh, another podcast. But all right, so we'll end this in prayer. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just want to say thank you so much for uh, bringing Greg on the show, um, and you know letting him uh, take some time off of work. Uh, thank you for uh, you know we just want to pray that his boss, you know, is just leaning on him, taking this time away. He's coming to a. Uh, you know, ultimately at the end, Lord, he just came to you and we appreciate you taking him out of that, that position that he was in before and, uh, bringing, uh, his wife into his life. Uh, they are now one. We just want to pray for their marriage. Keep it strong. Uh, their, their kids, anything that they have, if, if they don't have kids now, their kids in the future, whatever, Lord, just please bless their marriage. Uh, this woman that he's with, uh, she was with him since he was in rock bottom. And now he's, you know, he's doing really good. He's a supervisor now, Lord. You took him away from all that, that broke all those chains, the heroin, all that stuff, Lord. And also the magic and everything he was going through, the demons that were oppressing him and depressing him and everything. And, and the, the burglaries, Lord, and you just pulled them out from, um, from that, that situation. We just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for pulling me and Jason out of all the situations we were in as well. Uh, we want to pray for his dad, though. I don't know his name, but you do, Lord. But uh, I just want to say if you could just break those chains that he has with this Freemason, uh, these lies that he's been told scientifically, uh, all these uh, Aleister Crowley, all this lies about magic and all that stuff that he, that he has in him. Lord, we just want to say break the chains of these demons and uh, just supernaturally get into his life and have him just call this brother Greg and and uh, let them speak, and hopefully uh, Greg could be a light for him to understand that you are the only way, the truth, the life. Uh, Jesus is Christ is the only way uh, to you, Father God, and uh, they need to know that. Everybody needs to know that, but thank you, God, for what you do for us. We appreciate it. Thank you for this clear connection. Anybody that's listening right now that's that's thinking, I want to dabble in magic or I want to dabble in this, Lord, please just break those chains and uh, just lead them to, the, to your word, Lord. Please, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, everybody that's listening, we appreciate you guys yeah, sticking around, uh, listening. And uh, please, if you could uh, subscribe uh, to our channel. Um, also, give us like a five-star review. Whatever you guys could do for us, you know, because we're trying to do our best, you know, to get these uh, messages out. Um, we just want to say thank you guys for listening, and we love you, and God bless you.